Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, just go ahead and shout in your house and be seated wherever you are tonight. And uh, Again, I'm thankful for 13 years, and um, it's a very different world uh, in 2020 than it was in 2007. A very different world. And, um, but it's the same God. And so while we are really living day by day, it seems like in this time, in 2020, it seems like we just wait for the, the next thing to happen. And, uh, but I know that God's got it all in control. You've got to believe tonight that God is uh, for us. And if God be for us, you've got to know that whatever is happening in this world today, that it did not catch God by surprise, but God knows what's happening. And, uh, you know, I'm thankful tonight for where God has placed me, and I'm thankful to be uh, a watchman on the wall for this church. And I'm thankful that he would even consider calling me to preach his gospel. And tonight I want to preach, and and I'm going to preach to us all tonight, preach to our church especially. uh, But I I have a message, I think, for us all tonight. And... uh, I really wrestled. I wanted to just pull something out of the file or, or open up that uh, discipleship book and pull a lesson from that and, and take that easy route tonight. But I thought I cannot get away. I actually read through one of the lessons, and it was just like I couldn't even understand what I was reading. I knew the Lord didn't want me to do that. And so I want to preach tonight to, uh, to encourage us, to challenge us, to wake us up, to get us ready. Because let me tell you, there won't be nothing worse than than not being ready for the coming of the Lord. And so tonight, uh, I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 24, and I'm going to read verses 3 through 14. And so if you'll follow along with me or listen as you're there tonight, in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 3, as Jesus sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us. When shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines, and pestilences, and earthquakes in divers places. All these things are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you. And ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations and then shall the end come. 
I want to preach for a few moments tonight uh, with this opening line. In light of current situations or in light of current events. Let's pray for the lesson tonight. Lord, thank you for your word, for the instruction it gives. Thank you for being so mindful of your church and of your people. And tonight, Lord, help our eyes to be open so we can see and our ears to be open so we can hear and our hearts be good ground for the word of God. Lord, instruct us in righteousness. Lead us by your spirit. And Lord, let us be ready to meet you when you come. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone just say amen wherever you are. Praise God. Now give him one more hand clap for his word tonight. What a great God. What a great God we serve tonight. Praise God. Thank you for tuning in tonight, wherever you might be. I appreciate you uh, being here with us on uh, live stream tonight. Look forward to the day that we all can come back together uh, whenever that may be. Uh, tonight, again, in light of current events, many times the phrase will you know, follow something when they're canceling something. Well, in light of current events, we can't go on tonight or... In light of current events, uh, we're going to have to take this course of action. And, and so I just felt like while I was studying, that phrase popped into my mind. I thought, well, in light of current events, I want to remind you tonight that are listening that Jesus is coming back to get a church. In light of current events, I need to make sure that I am uh, reminding people tonight that this world is not all that there is but that there is an end coming. Jesus said, and then shall the end come. There will be an end to life as we know it. And in light of current events, I felt led of the Holy Ghost tonight to preach to you a little while and remind you of what the Scripture says. There has never been a time, I know not in my generation, and so I feel like I could say in our generation, when people are more aware they have never been more aware of the world that they live in because people are locked in and tuned in to every news story, every blog, every post, every tweet that has anything to do with this pandemic. People are watching the news. They are watching social media. They are listening to podcasts. They are doing everything they can, trying to gather information. What's going on in this country? What's happening in that country? What about that state? What about that city? What about that person down there in that state? What are they doing? Everybody is tuned in. Nobody is unaware that there is a pandemic going on in this world. I don't know, maybe in the deepest, darkest parts of the rainforest, there's some village that nobody ever discovered. Maybe they don't know. I have no idea, but I can tell you in the civilized world, in a place where there is any access to information, people are tuning in to see what is going on in the world and what do we do next. My fear is this, is that the saturation of pandemic news is causing many to shift their focus, that there is so much uh, news about this virus and so many uh, side stories that are branching off from the, this story. And because of the pandemic, this is happening. And because of the pandemic, that's happening. And everybody is looking for the next new news story. We're being bombarded constantly with endless statistics, predictions, tragedies, 
uh, projections, uh, 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 you know, people with their ideas, with their theories, all kind of stories. Every time you turn the news on, there is something to do with the pandemic. It came from here. It came from there. It was caused by this. It was created here. It's going to make this happen. It's going to make that happen. And we are so focused on the here and now and surviving the pandemic that we may have, uh, and, and, and holding on to life as we know it, that maybe we have uh, or are in danger of ignoring another event. Because there is another event coming that will also impact the entire world, even if you are in the darkest, deepest part of a jungle somewhere. There is another event that is going to happen, my friend, and it will impact every single living, breathing soul on this planet, and that is the return of Jesus Christ to get his church. There is a rapture coming, and we better be ready for it. We better not get sidetracked and so uh, caught up in trying to figure out how to survive this pandemic that we lose our eternal soul. Believe me, I don't want it, and I don't want you to have it. I don't want anybody else to get it. I want everybody that has it to survive it. But what I want more than anything is for people to be ready to meet Jesus when he comes again. I cannot lose uh, sight of the fact that uh, in all of our church, in all of our preaching, and all the things that we have done, it is leading up to one single event that will affect mankind, and that is the return of our King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He is coming back one day, and you can't forget that. And in light of current events, hey, let me tell you, you better be making preparations for the return of the king. He is coming again. And let me tell you something. When he comes, the government, the CDC, or any other entity that this world has cannot help you to get ready to have a successful outcome when this event happens. The government is telling us how to survive coronavirus. The CDC, how to survive it. You got people, doctors, people, all, everybody's telling you how to do it. Isolate, don't isolate. Wash with this, wash with that. Take this, take that. Go out in the sun, go out and get fresh air. Stay inside. Don't, you know, it's just, you don't know what to believe. But I can tell you today how you can be sure you'll be ready when Jesus comes. If you will be born again, you can enter into the kingdom of heaven. If you'll be born of water and of the Spirit, you'll be born again. And Jesus said, and you will have access into the kingdom of heaven. If you repent of your sins, if you will give up the life of sin and turn around and follow him, if you'll be buried in baptism in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost and you'll be ready for heaven. But if he tarries, honey, let me tell you, you're going to have to live your life waiting on him to return, and you're going to have to live holy because he is holy. And in light of current events, this message is more urgent than ever before because Jesus could come at any time. Only the gospel of Jesus Christ can get you ready for the coming of the Lord. There ain't a vaccine coming. There ain't no pill coming. There ain't no shelter in place coming. There ain't nothing that can help you get ready for Jesus. Only the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to all them who believe. And for anybody who doesn't like the church today, well, let me tell you, I'm sorry for you. Because it, the Bible says Jesus is building this church 
and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So if you got ideas about separating yourself from the church, you better think again. If you got ideas about turning your back on the church, well, you better think again because if you walk away from the church, you get out from under the protection of the Almighty God. I'm not talking about your four walls. I'm talking about the body of Christ. Hey, but don't make light of your four walls either. Let me tell you, you know what? My family is my family wherever we go. But in our home is where memories have been made. And in my home is where we have a place of peace and solitude and we have a place to where love, we love each other and we enjoy each other's company and we eat meals together and we fellowship together. Hey, let me tell you, I won't take nothing for what goes on in my home. If my house blew down today, guess what? I'd still have my family. If this church fell in today after we're gone, uh, then we would still have our church family and we would still be able to have church somewhere. But I am so thankful for the sanctuary of the living God. I'm thankful for this sanctuary. I'm thankful for what I've seen happen in the church today. I'm not against uh, gathering together to have church. I cannot wait to get back together and have church. I can't wait to pray for people in these altars again. I can't wait uh, to preach across this pulpit to new people and visitors and baptize people in this baptistry again. I can't wait for that. But I am not going to sit down and say, well, I'm not going to preach till we can get back to that. I'm going to preach to you today. I'm going to tell you tonight, in light of current events, you better be checking your luggage. You better be making sure that you're ready for heaven. You better be searching your soul. You better find a place to pray. And you better make sure you're ready for the coming of the Lord. Do not take for granted that you are just ready. Search yourself. Search yourself yourself. Ask God to search you. Lord, turn the spotlight on my heart. Look into my soul. If there be any unclean thing, if there's anything unlike you, then remove it tonight. I do not want to have some unknown weight hiding down in my soul that keeps me from coming off the ground when Jesus comes again. I want to make sure that I am ready. I do not want to say, well, I paid my tithes. I'm going to heaven. I sang in the choir. I'm going to heaven. I got a license. I'm going to heaven. I want to make sure that I have the right relationship with Jesus. I want to make sure I have not ignored my Savior. I have not turned my back on the King. I have not been rebellious against my God. I want to make sure that I am being holy because he is holy. I want to make sure that I am ready in that last day. I want to make sure that I'm ready as he's coming. And hey, and in light of current events, I felt led to join the Lord and my brothers who came a long time before me who have preached this and reminded the church that this event is on the horizon. Do you know that even Paul and Peter, they, they believed that this event could happen at any time. They preached things that we say, oh, they were preaching prophetically, but they didn't even know they were preaching prophetically because they felt like it could happen at any time. They had evil, wicked rulers and wickedness in high places that, hey, that it killed Paul and Peter and many of the other apostles. And they just really knew that, hey, maybe this is it. Maybe that's that Antichrist. Maybe this is the one that's come on the world. They, had, they didn't know. They didn't know that we would still be. They didn't know that over 2,000 years later we would still be preaching the gospel. But if we're going to preach it today, we can't preach it any different than they preached it then. I know we live in a different time, but the word don't change and the gospel don't change. And, and what's going to happen ain't going to change. Jesus is coming just like you said he would. 
And that's what his disciples, it was so urgent to them. Hey, I, I, you know, they were walking with him. And they, you know, man, they couldn't be any greater confidence to know that I am walking with Jesus. And I'm walking with him today. No, I can't reach out and hold his hand or touch him as they did. But I have him living inside of me. And I'm walking with Jesus every day. And I do have confidence in that walk. But let me tell you, I still want to know, Lord, what will be the sign of your coming. It's not wrong to say, Lord, when will it be? You're not going to get an answer that gives you day, hour, and minute, but you can get the same things that Jesus got right here. The answer he gave them in Matthew 24 is the only answer we need today. We need to know that he is coming back. The first thing Jesus said was, you take heed that nobody deceives you. Don't let anybody deceive you and, and, and mess you up as you're walking with me. Many will come in my name saying, I am Christ and shall deceive many. Let me tell you, I want to make sure that I am praying. I want to make sure that I am fasting. I want to make sure that I am studying and building my relationship with God because he said they would deceive many. I do not want to find myself deceived at the end, grab it onto some kind of fleeting doctrine that's flying by and say, oh, that sounds better than what I got and follow that. I don't want to hear something, oh, you know, that sounds like it'll make it easier on my life, so I'll go with that. Or that sounds like it's going to bring more peace, so I'll go with that. Or that, that includes everybody, so I'll go with that. I want to make sure that I am sticking to the Word of God. He said, and you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nations shall rise against nation. But let me go back to verse 6 for a second. Wars and rumors of wars. Well, from the time he said that, I didn't go and look it up, but you could, and you could probably get an exact number of the number of wars that have been uh, from that point until where we are today. But in our lifetime, even some of us were born right, a lot of us, especially in my age group, were born right at the end of the Vietnam War. And uh, we remember the Vietnam War and then the Korean War that went on, you know, different wars like that that were more toward our time, maybe not World War I and World War II as our grandparents and parents knew. But then there's even a younger generation that will, will remember that after 9-11, our country went to war again and again. And we have always had wars and rumors of wars. And it's like it's almost so commonplace that Jesus said, just don't, don't be troubled by that. It must come to pass, but the end is not yet. These things that, you know, many times when these wars started, with, well, that's the end, that's the end. But Jesus said, no, the end is not yet. Then he says, for nation shall rise against nation. And that's going to be in warfare, and it's going to be in standoffs. We've had nations rise against nations. If you do this, we're going to fire on you. If you do that, we're going to cut off your trade. We're going to cut off your, your uh, ability to, to, to bring goods into our country. We're, nations have ri are rising against nations. It's in the news today. They, they cut off the tariffs and, and treaties. And is this microphone making a lot of noise? All right, I'm fixing to swap mics here. The 
red mic, brother. There we are. I'll use this one. Maybe this one won't cut in and out on me tonight. So there are wars and rumors of war. He said, don't be troubled. This must come to pass. And nations rising against nation, but kingdom against kingdom. And not just uh, natural kingdoms, but spiritual kingdoms. But the kingdom uh, uh, of darkness against the kingdom of our God. And, and, and it's come against us in many different ways and, and through the things of this world and, and trying to enforce uh, and trying to shove down the church's throat. Hey, you're going to have to stop preaching this and you're going to have to stop being like this because that's hate speech and you can't preach against sin and you can't preach against unrighteousness. You're going to have to let everybody come into your church and, and kingdom is rising against kingdom. Hey, that's happening today. That's happening in this world right now. While I'm preaching, it's happening. And if you don't understand, in light of current events, this is what Jesus said would be coming. This is what he said we could look for. These are the signs of the time that we could be expecting to happen as the end was approaching. He said, there shall be famines. I looked it up today in a story on the 22nd of this month said that coronavirus pandemic, this is the, uh, actually the actual headline, coronavirus pandemic will cause global famine of biblical proportions, the UN warns. They said it would bring 130 million to the brink of starvation, that at least three dozen countries would be affected, and then 10 countries right now have one million that are on the verge of starvation. Famine. Today. This week. Current event. In the light of current events, let me remind you that Jesus is coming back. While you get so focused, and and if it breaks your heart to see those pictures of starving people, it should. But let me tell you, it's got to be more about sending a bag of rice. It's got to be about preaching the gospel because let me tell you, uh, these people, uh, you can send them something to eat and it might get them by for another week. But if you get them saved, they're going to spend eternity with Christ. Let me tell you, famine's coming. Famine is here. You know, right now, the Wall Street Journal, now this is their headline. I think it may have even been from today. Africa, East Africa, is bracing for a record wave of locusts. They just had a big wave of locusts. They said this wave that's coming would be 20 times larger than the first wave, that they would devour 2 million acres of pasture, 2 million square miles of pasture, farmland, and gardens, sending, playing a part in that 130 million that will be on the brink of starvation. Can you imagine a, side, a, a herd that, that whatever you call locust, whatever it is, they come in. But here they come, a wave of locust is 20 times larger than the first wave. It's, it's almost, they're going to eat up a place that's uh, almost as big as uh, Western Europe. Devour it. Take their food. And, and they're, they're scheduled to hit right at the time of planting in that land. That's famine, and that's current event. That ain't from last year. That's this week. Pestilence. Well, that's right here on us, COVID-19, coronavirus. Today, now, when I read these headlines, all I can do is read the headline. 
I don't know. I, I've said it before. You don't know what to believe because everybody, and let me tell you, don't you, you can't trust any of them 100% because I don't care if it's Fox or if it's CNN or what newspaper it is, every single one is going to put the spin on it they want. And so if they say it's getting better, they're putting their spin on it. If they say it's getting worse, they're putting their spin on it because if they can control good or bad, they can control us. Pestilence, COVID-19, coronavirus. Today it says that more people have died in the United States from coronavirus than have di- that died in the Vietnam War. Just over 58,000 people, I believe was the number, they said have died. Right now they say that over 1 million people in the USA have had it. 1 million. And if you believe that, they're saying that came about in less than three months because the first recorded case, they say, was in February, February, March, April, three months' time, and it blew up to that. Pestilence. Current event. We're right in the middle of it right now. That's why I'm preaching to you live stream, and you ain't sitting in here with me. Current event. And in light of current events, let me just remind you that these things tie into what Jesus said about his return. Jesus, my friend, is coming back again and if you're playing around trying to decide well when this virus gets over then I'll go to church you better shake yourself and wake up and say I better get down on my knees in my living room beside my bed and I better make a a way to repent right now you better call somebody and get baptized in Jesus name and let them pray you through to the Holy Ghost because Jesus is coming back and then earthquakes in divers places Now, I looked this up and had a hard time trying to find all the data on that, but what I can tell this year, earthquakes in 2020 around the world, diverse places uh, of a magnitude of four, this is only magnitude of 4.0 or greater, there have been 4,141 earthquakes. That's just this year, January, February, March, April. And so in four months' time, that's a little over 1,000 earthquakes of 4.0 or greater a month. That's a lot of earthquakes. And even we have felt tremors even in Georgia. Tremors, you know, smaller things, earthquakes in diverse places. Hey, current events, look it up. Go on the Internet, look it up. It'll say today earthquakes happened here. Current events. In light of current events, where should our focus be? Are we so caught up in just surviving the pandemic that we have forgotten that we need to pray? Are we so, have we, you know, a lot of people have talked about the good of the virus in the pandemic because it has slowed my life down and now I'm spending more time at home with my family. That's good. But if the only thing we're doing with our family is, is hey, I love puzzles, but if all we're doing is putting together puzzles and, and playing board games and we're missing something somewhere. Hey, we're just trying to survive the pandemic, then we'll get back to church. And I've said this, what if Jesus comes back before we come back to this building? What if he comes back before we ever get to have another service? Well, I don't believe it's that close. Why? You think you know something that's holding him back? There ain't nothing stopping Jesus from coming except appointed time. Uh, uh, let's go with this. This is not here, but, but in current events, do you know that Israel, they just signed an agreement for a new coalition government with the Arabs. Do you know that? 
You can look it up. You can see it. It's been signed. They have signed this agreement for a new coalition government with the Arabs. And now this will allow President Trump's peace plan, it could be signed as early as July, a Mideast peace agreement. Now, if you look at Bible prophecy, you know that, well, when they sign that peace agreement, that's supposed to be the beginning of the seven years of tribulation. So if you believe that you're going out of here before the tribulation, you might be gone in the next minute. Because, hey, July ain't far off. It ain't far away. Jesus could come. You hear what I'm telling you? In light of current events, it's time to get your heart ready tonight. It's time to stop playing around. Listen, we, you might never get to another pulpit somewhere. You might not get to another country somewhere. You might not get to another revival or another kid's service. You might not make it. But tonight in your living room, tonight in your bedroom, tonight somewhere, you can kneel down on the floor and say, God, I'm giving it all to you. I'm going to surrender my life to you. I repent for the things I've done. Don't let me miss heaven. You can lift your hands right now and receive the Holy Ghost in your home. And you could, hey, if you can get here before I'm done preaching tonight, I'll stay here and I'll baptize you in Jesus' name tonight. You just let me know. Put a comment on the screen and I'll stay here and we'll baptize you tonight in the name of Jesus and pray you through the Holy Ghost. And if the Lord comes tonight, you'll be ready. Because if you believe he's coming before that seven years of tribulation, and if that peace agreement is set up to be signed in July, why are you worrying about the summer? Uh, you better be worried about more where you're going to vacation this summer. You better worry more about where will you be if that peace agreement gets signed. But, hey, maybe you are mid-tribulation or post-tribulation. And you still better get ready because if they signed that peace agreement in July, that you better be ready for three and a half years or seven years of tribulation. And you better have your heart right and be ready so that you can uh, endure until the end and be saved. I can't tell you pre, mid, or post. I hope it's pre. I hope I wouldn't mind that he come back tonight. And let me tell you, I wouldn't care if he would come and get the church tonight. But the only thing that would... Uh, um, make me want him to to just put on the brakes a minute is maybe somebody that you know or I know hadn't got ready and tonight you need to find a place where you can get yourself ready hey it's time to stop thinking about church it's time to stop wondering about church and it's time to get busy getting into the church it's time for you to get ready and say look I've lived my life I've sown my wild oats or whatever it is you think you're doing and it is time for you to to Bear down and just be who God called you to be. He used to tell us, buckle down. You know what, church? It's time to buckle down. It's time to get ready. It's time to make sure that we are ready for what Jesus said was coming on us. It's coming. Jesus is coming back. Are you ready to go? All these things are current events. It's happening today. It's happening right now while we speak. We are in the middle of pestilence. We are in the middle of famine. There are earthquakes happening around the world. There is a peace agreement just waiting to be signed. I don't see anything stopping Jesus from coming back. And guess what? You and I being not ready is not going to stop him. Because we've had time to get ready. He gave time in Noah's day. 
Because the Bible said that in that day while the ark was preparing, there was time. From the time that God gave Noah the instruction, there was time. Maybe 55 to 75 years, maybe close to 100 years that he worked on the ark that people could have gotten ready with Noah. But instead it says they were marrying and eating, and drinking, and marrying, and giving in marriage, and they were just going about, they were so enamored with their own life that, that uh, this crazy man building an ark, he was just noise to them. But let me tell you, it says, and they knew not until the flood came and took them away. They were willingly ignorant. They blinded, they shut their minds to it, they shut their eyes to it, they shut their ears to it, And let me tell you, just because they ignored it, it didn't stop it because it said the flood came. And just because people want to ignore it, and just because they want to act like it won't be in my day, we've heard this and we've heard this, just because people don't believe it is not going to stop it. It's coming. And when it showed up, when that flood showed up, People found themselves on the wrong side of that ark, on the wrong side of the door. And let me tell you, people are going to find themselves on the wrong side of the rapture when Jesus comes again. I don't want that to be anybody listening to me today. I don't want to be nobody in the world. I don't want it to happen to anybody. After Jesus, in verse 8, after he gave these things that would happen, he said, all these things which we have just heard, the famine, pestilence, earthquakes. He said, these are the beginning, or and the wars are the beginning of sorrows. But the word sorrow doesn't mean tears and crying and sadness. The word sorrows means pain of childbirth. That's a contraction. I saw this in another uh, interview, and uh, so I, I remembered it. And I looked this word up to make sure that was right. And so what it's telling us is that just like when a woman is about to have a child, when she goes into labor, her contractions are farther apart. Maybe her contractions are 10 minutes apart. But as she nears the time of that birth, the contractions get stronger and they get closer together. And that's what we see. Now, every day in the news, something else is happening. Every day in the news, it's another pandemic story. Every day in the news, it's another earthquake. Every day in the news, it's more famine. And, and, if it, and then there's wars and rumors of wars and nation rising against nations. Can't agree on anything. And, and, and it's all coming around like that. And so we see the childbirth, the pangs of sorrow of childbirth just getting closer and closer and closer. And friend, let me tell you, it ain't going to be long, but it's going to be time for the push. It's going to be time for the delivery. And Jesus is going to come back and get his church. I don't know a man or woman alive that you don't play around, when, it, especially if it's that first child. You don't play around when that woman says, whoa, what's that? A contraction. Let's go to the hospital right now. You say, well, that's so, but you get there and they say, oh, you had plenty of time. You were, you were overreacting. I would rather overreact and be here where the baby could be born safe than me play around at the house or go off somewhere and end up having the baby in the back seat of the car. <laughs> me having to deliver it, me passing out because I, I don't know what to do. Let me tell you, I, I, I'd, I'd, and let me tell you, you say, well, you're overreacting. You, you're preaching about things, but this has been going on forever and ever. But he could come tonight. And you can't say anything to change that. Just you saying it don't make it 
you can't say, well, it ain't going to happen tonight. That don't make it so. You can't ignore it. Ignoring eternity will not uh, relieve you of the responsibility of it. You can deny it, forget about it, turn your back on it, but eternity is coming. You and I cannot afford to play around, and in light of current events, I say it is time that we get ourselves ready. He went on to say, when these things were happening, then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted. Deliver who up? Church people. That's happening today. Yeah. People, church people are being afflicted today. And they shall kill you. Some church people have gotten death threats because they have decided to uh, continue to have church in their church buildings. And you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. People hate on us, the church, because we want to still have church. And then shall, because of all this, he says, and then shall many be offended. Here's the sad part. And shall betray one another. And shall hate one another. I have said this since the beginning, and I say it even louder today, that the greatest tragedy of this pandemic will not be the deaths, as tragic as they are. The greatest tragedy of this pandemic will be the division that it has caused in the church. Because now you've got hotlines where you can call in and report on people having church or gathering. It doesn't have to just even be church. It can be anything. But they can. They got a hotline so you can stay anonymous and you can call and say, hey, I saw 15 cars over there in that parking lot. And they can come and check it out. And Christian people. The Bible said one time, and I always thought it to be the literal house, but he said that sometimes a, a man's enemies would be those of his own house. We're all in the same house. And it's a shame that today... Holy Ghost-filled people have turned on Holy Ghost-filled people. Yeah. Baptized in Jesus' name, Holy Ghost, shout, run, talk about how good God is, and then turn on their brother or sister because they're doing what they feel like is right. And that opens the door to verse 11 because when the world sees the church at each other's throat, it opens the door for many false prophets to arise and deceive many. Because nobody's going to want to be a part of a church that's chewing and devouring each other. Nobody's going to want to be part of a church that's hating on each other. Nobody's going to want to be on part of a church that don't support one another or show unity or show love or show mercy. And it's going to only open the door for false prophets to label us as a cult with false doctrine, and shall deceive many. People that we could have won will never be won because of our anger and our hatred and our betrayal. We've got to remember that in light of current events, we must remember that until he comes back, we've got to win the lost at any cost. That we've got to love people, but 
Jesus said the only way they'll know that you are my disciples is when they see you love one another. You can't forget what Jesus said. We've got to love them. We've got to love them. And he said, because iniquity shall abound, the love of many would wax cold, but he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. And so today, because of Internet and live streaming, the gospel is being preached all around the world. But if you have ever uh, seen the video and heard the interview, or maybe you watched it yourself, where Brother Lee Stone King preached at the United Nations, in seven and a half minutes he preached the gospel of Jesus Christ, and it was translated into all these languages and sent all around the world. And billions of people heard, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Let me tell you, the gospel has been preached around the world. It has been preached all around the world. There is no way uh, for us to to try to keep track of, of where it hadn't been preached. It's been preached everywhere. Anybody that's got access to Internet or or radio or TV or anything, the gospel has been preached around the world. He said, and then shall the end come. So I'm just saying, in the light of current events, what are we doing? What are we doing with however much time we have left? Because you can't deny, you know, people say, well, you know, I don't know what that scripture, I don't know that. But listen, when scripture and headlines start lining up, when world events and what Jesus said over 2,000 years ago start lining up, we better start lining up. We better start getting ourselves ready because I'm telling you, he could come at any moment. Oh, but I thought I would have time to do this. There ain't nothing that I have planned that would make me want to stop his coming. I thought I'd have time to do this, time to do that. Let me tell you, if you make it to heaven, you'll have eternity to be rejoicing and worshiping and all these things of the world won't even matter anymore. You won't even be thinking about that. You will just be so glad to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. Jesus is coming back. I know I'm almost done here. It's not not quite eight, trying to keep it in that hour time frame. But this is the way the apostles preached. I, I read to you what Jesus said about it, but I told you I was going to join in with the Lord, what he said about it, and with my brothers, Paul and Peter, and what they said about it. Paul said this when he wrote to the church, the Thessalonians. He said, right after he gets encouraging us about, hey, look, don't worry about your loved ones that have fallen asleep because if they, they fall asleep, the Lord's going to send from heaven with a shout. You know, man, we, you know, we find great peace and comfort in that when our loved ones pass away because we know there's coming a time when Jesus is going to catch them away. But it's not just going to be the dead in Christ. It's going to be us and we which are alive and remain. And when Paul gets through telling them this, he goes on to say, but of the times and of the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. In other words, he said, in light of current events, in light of what you see going on, I I shouldn't even have to write about it. He said, for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. And when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them. 
And we, you know, we've talked about people have said, well, that means when they sign the peace agreement. But, you know, I don't know if that's what it means. And I don't know if that, you, you don't know if that's what it means. I mean, it could be this, hey, we found a vaccine. Everybody calm down. You're going to be safe from the virus. Then sudden destruction cometh. He said, as travail, here he is talking about those birth pains again, travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. Let me tell you, when that uh, childbirth process starts, they start, sometimes they'll give a woman something to kind of slow it down. But let me tell you, God intended for that child to be birthed, and it's going to happen. You can do it. You, they can, they, man, sometimes even the woman should say, I don't want to push. I don't want to do it. But, hey, guess what? Your body is saying, where are you going to? Because it, it was designed like that. And let me tell you, it was designed for Jesus to come back. And it was designed for these, uh, these things were going to happen and these signs would come and Jesus said they would come and now we have seen them coming to pass. It's in the newspaper today. It's on the Internet today. And in light of current events, what are you focusing on today? He said, but brethren... You are not in darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief. You are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Now, here's the message to us. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. Let us watch and be sober. I can't afford to, to get numb uh, to what the gospel has taught me. I can't get numb to the word of God. You know, when you, whenever you get drunk, you get numb. He said, you need to be sober. You need to have all your faculties. You need to have all your senses about you. You need to be able, you know, they'll give you a sobriety test if you get pulled over and, and you've got to pass the test or they're going to lock you up. Let me tell you, I want to pass the test when Jesus comes. I want to be found sober and vigilant and watching for the coming of the Lord. I do not want to get intoxicated with the things of this world. I want to make sure that I'm not getting caught up in those things. Paul also wrote to his son in the gospel to Timothy in 2 Timothy 3, This know also in the last days perilous times shall come. How do I survive it? How do I get through it? He said, evil men and seducers are going to wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. He said, but you... This is what you do. The world will never be the same as it was before this pandemic started. Forget it. If you're thinking we're going to go back to normal, there will never be another normal. There might be a, well, there might be a new normal, but it'll never be like it was before uh, the world got involved in this pandemic and the government got involved in this pandemic. Let me tell you, it has birthed new everything. New laws, new policies, new treaties, new ideas. It, there's new things coming down the line that you and I are going to have to endure to get through. And so evil men and seducers are going to get worse and worse. They're going to deceive people into believing it's good. And people are going to just keep being deceived. But for you and I, he said, continue in the things which you have learned and have been assured of, knowing of whom you have learned them. And from a child... You have known the Holy Scriptures. Let me tell you, this Word of God will save you in this last day. I don't, you know, I appreciate all the advancements that mankind has made because God gives man 
incredible wisdom and they've come up with, with medicines and surgeries and I appreciate our doctors and nurses and healthcare people. I appreciate all of our first responders and police officers and fire, our, our military. I, I appreciate everybody and what they do. But nobody in their wisdom can stop the coming of the Lord. And there ain't a medical procedure invented that can get you ready for heaven. He said, you got to continue in the things you learned, and you learned it from the Scripture. And they can make you wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. I'm glad that I know the Scriptures today that can make me wise unto salvation in Christ Jesus, for there is no other name under heaven given whereby we must be saved, Acts 4 and 12. And I'm so glad that I understand the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection is preached in repentance and baptism in Jesus' name and being filled with the Holy Ghost. I want to make sure today that I understand what is going on in this world because in light of current events, I can't afford to be playing around. In light of current events, you and I can't afford to be waiting, saying, oh, I'll I'll do that next week. I'll do it when the church opens up. Let me tell you, the church may never open back up. Finally, Peter weighed in in one of his letters, and his language is very similar to Paul's. But he said in Second Peter 3 and 9, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness. You know what his promise was? If I've gone away, I'll come again. And where I am, you can be also. He said, But he's long-suffering to us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You know, repentance is what Jesus told the disciples to preach. At the end of the book of Luke, he said, go and preach repentance and remission of sin in my name. Somehow, somewhere, repentance got lost in the preaching and only remission of sins. And then they changed remission of sins to forgiveness of sins and and just forgive you of your sins, just believe and they'll forgive you of your sins. But he said, I want everybody to come to repentance where they will turn from the... Hey, if you don't believe in repentance, don't be quoting in this day and hour. Don't be quoting to me Second Chronicles 7, 14. Don't, 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 don't try to swing that at me saying this is the way God's going to change the world if you don't even have personal repentance in your life. We try to tell that well, if the world would repent, hey, if every single individual would repent of their sins, if every individual would repent of their sins, let me tell you, because the world is made up of individuals, and I can't repent for you, and you can't repent for me. But if we would all come to repentance, he said, all, every one of us, white, black, red, yellow, purple, I don't care what color you are, what race you are, what country you're from. He said all should come to repentance because repentance and remission of sins was preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. He said, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. That's what Paul said too. In the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat, the earth also, and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of person ought ye to be in all holy 
conversation or behavior and godliness. What are we doing? If we really believe that Jesus is coming again, what kind of person should we be? And what are we looking for? And how are we behaving? What does our behavior say about what? Because that's going to tell people what you believe. He said, looking for, hasting unto the coming of the day of God, where the heavens will be on fire, will be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. But he said, nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens, new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent, that you may be found of him in peace, without spot and blameless. There are no more excuses. Time. I heard a, a, a pastor last night in an interview. He said, I have been given time. He said, we used to talk about we didn't have time for this and time for that, but we have been given time to get ourselves ready. We have been given time to search ourselves, to pray and seek God. And, and I'm afraid that maybe we have wasted time But Jesus is coming, whether we've wasted that time or made the most of it. We used to, you know, we used to play games. We'd play, when we were kids, we'd play hide and go seek. And whoever was counting, when he was finished or she was finished, they would say, ready or not, here I come. Well, the rules of the game, one person was the seeker, the other one was the hide. And if you stood around and ran around and you didn't go find a hiding place, that ain't the person that, you know, I, I, I happened many times with me, I would turn around and I'd see somebody still running trying to find somewhere. Ain't your fault. <laughs> it ain't my fault that you, you didn't hide. I didn't have time to hide. You had all the time that I was counting. And that's why we say ready or not. Jesus has given us plenty of time. We have had plenty of time. To believe in him. To trust his words. To not just read the gospel, but to obey the gospel. To repent of our sins. To be baptized in Jesus' name. To be filled with the Holy Ghost. And then to live righteous. If you love the grace of God, then then do what it teaches you to do. The grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us at denying ungodliness and worldly lust. We're supposed to live righteous and and sober in, in this present time. We're supposed to live right so that we can be ready to meet Him when He comes. So in light of current events, whoever you are tonight, whether you are members of Restoration and, and I pastor you or maybe you're one of my friends from high school that's tuned in or maybe you're a family member or maybe I don't know you at all. Today, this hour, while you've got time, stop playing around with church. Stop relying on the prayers of somebody else and get your relationship with Jesus Christ. He loves you more than you'll ever know. He gave his life at Calvary for you. He allowed them to try him, to whip him,
to abuse him and to kill him. Nailed him to a cross. Buried him in a tomb. But in three days he rose again. And then he came back and dwells inside of us, the Holy Ghost. So today, repent of your sins. Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And then let him fill you with the Holy Ghost. Let's pray a prayer tonight before we dismiss. Precious Lord, thank you. Your mercy is never ending and endures forever. But I thank you, Lord, as we live in this mortal flesh that you have given us time, plenty of time, to get ourselves ready to meet you. Lord, that we have every opportunity to pray and to seek your face. Lord, I pray that those that have heard this message tonight will be stirred, that some will be pricked in their heart, that every single one of us, myself first and foremost and included, will be more diligent about my relationship with you, that I will seek your face, Lord. And God, when that trumpet sounds, when you descend from heaven with a shout, Lord, that I'll be ready to go with you. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy and grace tonight. Bless us all now in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Thank you for joining in with us tonight. I don't know what you expected on an anniversary service. Maybe a video with a bunch of pictures or something like that. But you know, I'm still the watchman on the wall for this church. And that's the word tonight. It's time to get ready, saints. Jesus is coming again. And it's closer now than it's ever been before. God bless you. We'll see you soon in Jesus' name. You're dismissed. God bless. music ready back there. I know some of you came to pray. Thank you for coming. Pray. Seek the Lord. I meant every word I preached tonight. I would have liked to maybe preach something a little lighter and a little more shoutier since it was our anniversary, but but the Lord's not keeping His coming back because of our anniversary. 
And even in here tonight, if, if we need to seek God and, and empty ourselves and get something out of our life, then tonight, this is the time to do it because I'm telling you, Jesus is coming. You got to know it, church. Jesus is coming. And so tonight as we pray, it's time to pray. It's time to start interceding for loved ones. While there's time, call their names and start call, crying out to God for them. Over a year ago, I preached, and I know I, I remember saying it, but I said the time for casual Christianity is going to soon be over. Mm. Well, it's over. There'll be no more of that just breezing through. This is the time for us to be serious. Jesus is fixing to come back, and the church has got to be the church. There's got to be oil in the lamp. Jesus, Jesus. Hello. There's got to be oil in the lamp. Because when that cry comes, there ain't going to be no time to go by. There ain't going to be no time to find it. No time then. It's going to be it's in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. And the Lord's coming back. So don't let nothing empty your heart. Get things out of your heart. Get, get rid of things, whatever it is. You know, repent to God, repent to people, whatever you've got to do. But, but get yourselves ready, church. Get yourselves ready for the coming of the Lord. I hope, I hope that if he tarries, I hope we have time to get back together. I want to see everybody. I want to see these seats full again. But I don't know if that's coming or not. I can't tell you if it will. But what I can tell you for sure is Jesus is coming back. So let's get ourselves ready. Amen. Thank you for coming and praying tonight. God bless you.